listening to Do We Like Murder, a segment of the Long Overdue Podcast brought to you by the Decatur Public Library in Decatur, Texas. And we are here today. <laughs> yes, we are. It's uh, Denise, Don, and Alex. Brandon. Either or. <laughs> we need to come up with a a different name. <laughs> Acronym. I don't know. I mean, like, initials. I don't know. <laughs> Something. Uh, so what are we talking about today? I believe we're talking about con artists. Now, I really like the way you put that, because when I had brought it up, I said con men. However, when we were talking later, you said, I have found a con woman. Mm-hmm. And so I'm like, that's fantastic. <laughs> so con artist covers everybody. Yep. Con people. Con people. <laughs> so mine is fascinating. I I mean, I, mean, I don't even know what to say. I'm just excited to tell you all about it. And tell us about it. Are you ready? You yeah. want me to go first? Today? Yeah. Okay. So mine is about a book. Okay. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> so I had found out about this, uh, um, I don't know, a, at least a year ago. And I had started listening to more um, audible books for a book club and for listening to the murderers mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. And I came across this podcast called Heist. Oh. And the um, presenter of the podcast is Michael Kane. He's fantastic to listen to. Yeah, I bet. Yeah, oh. it was just very, of course, the, the, it was all fascinating. And they had the real some real people who were involved with it, the victim and, and one of the con men, con artists, mm-hmm. <laughs> was involved also. So this took place in Kentucky at Transylvania University <laughs> in Kentucky. Isn't that great? It just gets better. Um, so Transylvania University is a, a small liberal arts college And they actually have very large collections of rare books. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of them is a first edition Charles Darwin book. And another one they mentioned, let me see, where did I put that? It was a French text, which was worth about a half a million dollars. Okay. <laughs> I don't know how much the Charles Darwin was actually worth. So what happened is this one guy what was he? His name is Eric. He's going to college. Things are not going great. He ends up meeting uh his friend that he grew up with and started hanging out and then they started a business of um so Eric and his friend Warren kind of met but uh, at the university. But Eric grew up in Lexington, Kentucky, which I've been there. It's a small little town. Um, kind of closes up at 10 o'clock at night, if not sooner, <laughs> at least when I was there. And, so kind of um, like around here. Mm-hmm. But it is a college town, and uh, it's supposed to be the world, or the horse capital of the world. Um, but Eric's dream was to become an FBI agent when he was young. I mean, he'd read books about it. He actually Mm -hmm. contacted FBI people and became pen pals with them and all this stuff. Oh. Yeah. So I think that's very fascinating to begin with. So anyway, he, he meets up with Warren and they decide that they're going to do this business, this crime business. And they start making fake IDs. Great business around a college, right? Right. Yeah. So I guess they have Photoshop and a cheap laminator at this time. It's in 2004 time frame. Ooh. Yeah. Right? 
but yeah. they were able to do it and it was very lucrative for them, mm-hmm. it sounds like. But they started dabbling in some other things and um, they ended up having a falling out, went their separate ways. And Warren must have got involved with people who were a little bit more extreme, maybe. And then after several months, contacted Eric again and said, hey, we're planning to steal some books from this university library. Love it. (laughs) Books from the library. However, I did not tell you about the book that they were planning to steal. It was an Audubon book. Birds of America. Yes. Right? Okay. This book is worth $12 million. And it's four volumes. And it's huge. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I have a picture of this book. And so I don't know, Denise, if you can put links up. Mm -hmm. Yeah, in the show notes. But these books weigh about 50 pounds. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) And it's, they call it an elephant file. Yeah. Because it's so big. And there's four. Or folio, an elephant folio is what they called it. And And there's four four of them. them. (laughs) (laughs) So these books were created by, um, is it John James Audubon, I believe is, is his name. And he drew these mm-hmm. pictures of these birds and obviously they're very rare and very expensive mm-hmm. uh so they're kept at this transylvania library and they have a very you know a special collections room and a rare book room and isn't that fabulous <laughs> be great to have all those things so they get together and they decide that they're going to steal these books. And so they start planning. They case the library. <laughs> <laughs> this is just so great. I love it. <laughs> they go in, they spend time there, they check out um, the whole facility, the exits, you know, they start making their plan of where they're going to go in, where they're going to exit, you know, all this stuff. And they they plan for a year, okay? There's a librarian there, and her name is Betty Jean Gooch. They call her BJ. Um, and she is the one who is in charge of the rare book collection. So they're going to have to figure out a way to get by her. So they start, you know, trying to figure it out. They decide that they're going to make an appointment with her to see the rare book room. And so when they decided to do that, uh, they started talking with her beforehand. And then they go ahead and they make the appointment. And this is the day that the heist is going to happen. And they show up in disguises. (laughs) And they know as soon as they walk in because there's, I guess, some guy, security guy or somebody um, opens the door for them. And he looks at them and Eric says that he looks at him in a way that he knows his disguise. Oh, yeah. Stinks. (laughs) (laughs) And, And even BJ said they looked like college students dressed up as old guys you know it was very obvious three three kids in a trench coat right (laughs) (laughs) so weird um so what the plan was is they were going to go in to the library uh to there were four people involved there was eric and warren and then they had another friend spencer and another friend chaz okay these are the most <laughs> white college student names I've ever heard. <laughs> okay, go on. So, Warren and Spencer and Eric go into the library. 
Eric's job was just to help them get the books down the stairs into the van. So when they get in there, they did it like during Christmas break. And they thought it would be dead in the library. So when they get there, (laughs) it's packed. There are people everywhere. They didn't even have a place to put the van. Okay, they, it's like my parking spot's taken. <laughs> Excuse me, I need to rob the library. <laughs> Will you please move your car? Um, so they decide to abort good, the mission. Good, that seems like the only reasonable decision they've made so far. <laughs> right, you would think so. Yeah, yeah. So... Eric decides he's, they go home, you know, they're all quiet. And I guess they, he goes to his family's that night for dinner, all this stuff. He turned his phone off. Well, when he gets home, they're all waiting for him. They, they're ready to go back. It took that long. How many hours? Not very many. (laughs) (laughs) So they made another plan and they're going back the next day. The next day, there's nobody there. It's deserted, which that's the way it was supposed to be in their Mm -hmm. original plan. Okay, so Eric was okay with this, I guess, as his part in the plan. Because he was really supposed to just help load stuff and then get in the van and leave. Mm -hmm. So he didn't feel, I think, as invested in it, like he was doing something as wrong as the others maybe no, oh, exactly he thought sure. he was less crimey than the others. Yes, <laughs> that this this felony was not going to apply to him. Yeah, that's as the, much. That's uh, not the way felonies work, right? <laughs> <laughs> um, so in this new plan, he is supposed to help get the books somehow and get them out of the library and to the van. So they go in as themselves this time. And they have backpacks. And the lady who, the librarian, it was kind of a, an interesting little setup as far as how this all came about. Because the guy called, the alias called, to try to schedule a meeting. She felt really bad because she was having some other issues. She wasn't able to meet with him. And the day before hadn't worked out. So she was really trying to accommodate him. Mm-hmm. And that morning, she said, I will go ahead and open up the special collections room, even though we normally don't open it in the morning. We only have it open in the afternoon for students to come in and research. I don't know if that really made any difference or not, but it's it made it more deserted, obviously, in that area. Yeah. So Warren goes on up uh, to... Th- meet with the librarian and Eric stays downstairs sitting there watching the stairs and pretending he's reading a book and so Warren goes up with uh, BJ the librarian and they're looking at the books and he's like oh this is really cool can I call a friend to see if he could come up here and look at these I you know he really likes I don't know old books birds, birds. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> really like birds. right and I don't know if it's at this point, she's starting to feel like things are not kosher. Yeah. Um, So Eric gets up there, looks at the books, and he finally figures out what Warren is wanting him to do. Because this wasn't part of the plan Mm -hmm. that they told him. He doesn't know if that was part of their plan Uh, mm -hmm. without him, you know. So they'd called him and had him come on up. And so Warren tases the librarian. Mm -hmm. And... I know, right? Brandon has a look on his face like, really? What? Why would you tase a librarian? Thank you. Why would you tase a librarian? How are you going to get these giant books out without tasing the librarian? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, maybe just threaten a little. Like, if you you follow us, I'm going to tase you. (laughs) Maybe not actually tase them. (laughs) Warn them first, yeah. Because, I mean, I would have just been like, okay, yeah, take the bird books. <laughs> a $12 million bird book? You'd let them? Don't tease me. <laughs> so what they did after they tased her is they tied her up. 
Because they just tied her up. <laughs> like, <laughs> and they tried to put duct tape on her mouth, but it wouldn't stick. Right? I don't know. I, I Don't ask me why. Bad old duct tape? When does duct tape not stick? When it's stuck to a librarian's <laughs> mouth. <laughs> I don't know. That's a really good question. We're going to have to do some testing. <laughs> like. Oh, we should ask Mythbusters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so she's now laying on the floor. And they start throwing small books into their backpacks. One of them was the Charles Darwin book. And the other one was the French text. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm sure they had others. I mean... More than one book fits, unless it's an elephant folio. Right. Right. Um, Okay, so they don't realize that these books are so heavy. (laughs) They're 50 pounds each. So there's four volumes. So what they end up doing, I think, is they were able to get two. And they wrapped them up in sheets. So they have their backpacks with the one books. And then they have these other books wrapped up in a sheet. Okay, these books are huge. I mean, they're like five foot foot by three foot kind of thing. I mean, they're huge. Um, So they leave the rare book room and they're starting to get to the elevator. Because they have to go down the elevator and then down the stairs. I don't know what the whole Mm -hmm. thing was. And they run into another lady. (laughs) Who notices, obviously, that they're doing something Mm -hmm. that they shouldn't be doing. And... So she starts running after them, and the Warren guy is pressing the buttons in the elevator, and he ends up pushing the button for the basement, and then they have to go back up to the first floor. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's like, dudes, really? (laughs) They get on the main floor. There's nobody there. And then all of a sudden, some lady is running at them, screaming. Don't let them take the books. Stop them. You know, Mm -hmm. all this stuff. Well, they decide. (laughs) We're going to taser too. (laughs) They decide to ditch the books. They're like, damn, we're out of here. So they leave the Audubon books and they take off. They get in the van, uh, but she's still chasing them. (laughs) She's like knocking on the van window and they're peeling out and almost ran her over, I guess. Wow. I think, based on some other things that had been said, that that may have been the library director. <laughs> you go, so girl. Here's, here's a couple of things we learned here. Don would chase after them, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, don't take the books. <laughs> don't tase me. <laughs> That's right. See, you do learn a lot about us on this podcast. They would have tased me. You wouldn't have gone after them either. No, they would have tased me. They would. I would have been the first person they tased. Okay. I'd, I'd be like, this is our secret books. <laughs> this is a wall I'm looking at. And then they would just tase my neck. <laughs> and and this, down you go. And, and down, there's yeah. the zip ties. Yeah. <laughs> I'd be like, what's that? Taser? Just take whatever you want. <laughs> just don't tase me. I'm going to sit right here. Thanks. <laughs> So give up before the tase, the unintentional tase, <laughs> and I'm going to run you down. <laughs> Not saving the day. Okay. We're just, nope. <laughs> so, of course, the police come. You know, they take BJ down to the police station and have her there for like three or four hours. Did she get medical um, help first? Because I feel like that was a... <laughs> she didn't. And she, I mean, in this podcast, she's actually talking in... in feeling like she was okay she didn't call her husband because i don't know he had a doctor's appointment and she didn't want to interrupt his day (laughs) (sighs) right and so she's really traumatized i mean she comes back and it's like her home because it's she's the main one up Mm -hmm. there and you know when you're at work 24 not 24 7 but you know all week 40 hours a week whatever it is your home and so yeah she was very traumatized um. So these guys get home, and at first they were like, "Man, this was a complete waste. We did all that for nothing." And then they're going to get caught, and you know, so they're all like 
freaking out. But they realize that they still have the backpacks and the books yeah. in the backpacks. Well, before all this happened, Warren said he had a buyer lined up. <laughs> I think I would want names and phone numbers at that point. <laughs> mm-hmm. You say you have it lined up. I want to know what's going on. Yeah. If I call this person right now, is that really what they're going to tell me? Probably not. They would probably lie to me and say, I don't know who you are. I'm not <laughs> going to tell you all my... How'd you get this number? <laughs> illegal stuff. <laughs> um, so... They're watching TV, trying to figure out what's going on. They're watching TV? Well, yeah, because they're the wanting news. to know what's happening oh, in the, the news. news. I thought yeah. this queued up Netflix, Rick and Morty. Yeah. <laughs> they have a nice afternoon. Right. Okay, it was a lot of work. Wait, wait. I don't even think Rick and Morty's on Netflix. On Netflix? No. It's no, not. it's not. No. It's a Hulu, HBO Max. It just shows you I don't watch TV. Oops. Well, I was going to say, I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> Um, so they realize that they don't have any suspects so they feel like they're pretty free you know nothing to go on and mm-hmm. the uh, there's a police detective who gets on the, the podcast her name was Shannon 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 Garner and she was the detective uh, and she was supposed to be on uh, commercial burglaries. So that was kind of her thing. Well, one thing that they were able to do is go back to the alias who had emailed the librarian to set up this appointment. But it led them back to a University of Kentucky email, but they said it was wiped. Somehow they were able to get parts of emails, mm-hmm. not everything. But one of the things that they were able to figure out from that was that they had made a contact to Christie's in New York, the auction house, mm-hmm. and um, had tried, I don't know if they'd tried to set up an appointment or, or what exactly happened. So detective calls up Christie's and uh, they made a connection because they're both from Kentucky and, you know, started talking. And um, so she and tells the lady what she wants um, or that why she's calling. Mm-hmm. And the lady's like, yeah, I was wondering when somebody was going to call about them. Because she even thought that they were suspicious, I guess. I don't know. Well, yeah. How do these three college kids get all these rare books that they want to auction off? Right. Uh, one very rich uncle. <laughs> like, uh, Yeah, exactly. died and left them these books. Like, It's very well, suspicious. It is suspicious. And. So a lot of the students probably didn't know that those books were in that library, but I'll bet people who run in those circles know. Mm-hmm. So if they have a rare books division at Christie's, mm-hmm. they're going to know where those books are. And how do you have a book from the library? Mm-hmm. You know, a little suspicious, like you said. I, that's kind of what I would think. Maybe not. I don't know. So Warren doesn't have a <laughs> connection. So he tells them that they have to go to um, get the books appraised and then they can sell them. And so they make a trip to New York. And that's when Eric realizes that they're going to Christie's. (laughs) Christie's Auction House. So Warren and Spencer go into Christie's and Eric and Chaz stay outside with the books. A little while later, they come uh, ask Eric to bring the books in. He does. And uh, when Warren and Spencer come out, they were say, said, well, how, are, how did it go? And they said, fine. You know, it went well. But they were whispering amongst themselves and, and not excited. <laughs> it's like, if everything went well, why aren't you excited? Mm-hmm. Um, well, come to find out, Spencer, feeling very comfortable in the conversation at Christie's gave them his personal cell phone number. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't that fantastic? There's always something. (laughs) You're always going to mess it up. Don't do it. I totally thought it was going to be Chaz, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was Spencer. So sure enough, Shannon talks with Christie's and they say, here's his phone number. Mm-hmm. They decide to call it up. 
the phone belongs to his dad, but it was Spencer's voicemail. And anyway, they were able to track him down. So Eric, I guess, is at home. He he got freaked out. I mean, not just because of this, but through this whole process, he's freaked out that he's going to get caught. And mm-hmm. so he, I don't know if he couldn't sleep, but when he would try to go to bed, he would wear, he would go fully dressed. So he could just bolt at any time. Yes, he was ready. <laughs> I don't know where he was going to go if they knew where he lived. Yeah. I mean, it's not like the fugitive where you can jump <laughs> off a dam and survive. <laughs> Wasn't that Harrison Ford? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just say, just turn yourself in. Right? If you can't live with the guilt, just turn yourself in. Exactly. <laughs> and if you can't live with the guilt, why did you do it in the first place? Because he thought he could live with the guilt. <laughs> <laughs> True. So anyway, uh, one night he's laying in bed and he sits up bolt right. And he hears an explosion in his house. And then he hears like an army coming into his house. All these footsteps. (laughs) (laughs) And they bust his door down and arrest him. I think he was dressed. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Um, So, yeah. So they caught him. And they were charged and... They only got about seven years. What did they say? 87 months? I don't know if this... It sounds like this was in Eric's location, but maybe it wasn't. They found stun guns, and they found detailed plans of the uh, robbery. So Mm -hmm. at one point, Eric and Warren and Spencer were living together. Mm -hmm. And then Chaz lived at the dorms, I think, at the University of Kentucky. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. That's all very interesting. Now, Betty, I think this is fantastic. Looking through um, this one article that I found, there was a a link that I could click on to see her. Mm -hmm. She looks exactly like she would sound, or she sounds exactly like she she looks. Does Mm -hmm. that make any sense? I mean, her voice fits her. Yeah. Um, But she retired from the library in 2020, not too long ago. And she had worked there for 26 years. So this Aww. happened in 2004. Yeah. So she she said that she finally forgave them. I mean, it was really traumatic because she realized that they had planned to do something to her mm-hmm. this whole time because there was no way they could get around her. Yeah. And so they had to plan to hurt her in some way. Mm-hmm. Well, they could have just tied her up, just zip tie her and be like, sit here. Yeah. Well, and, okay, wrap the duct tape all the way around her head to make it stick (laughs) to itself instead of, like, one piece over her face. (laughs) I'm sorry, BJ. That's just... Sorry to be giving hints. But you know what I'm saying. Work smarter, not harder. There you go. (laughs) So, yeah, so Eric, while he was in jail, wrote a book about it. Um... He was on the podcast. Um, Michael Keane was fantastic. And BJ was on the podcast. Um, so I highly recommend the podcast. There, I think there's six episodes of this. And it's called Heist. And Michael Keane is the author. It's an Audible original. I do apologize. You have to get Audible to listen to it. You should get Audible anyway and listen to our podcast on Audible. Oh, on Audible. That's right. We can't. <laughs> and there are a bunch of other podcasts for free on Audible. Also. Yeah, yeah, but I might talk about some of the other ones if we ever do con minute con artists again. He had some other really good ones. Nice, not in the two thousands and not about a library book. <laughs> um, but they were really good, very interesting. Yeah. All right, that's what I got. My little library heist. That was good. <laughs> that was good. Okay, so I'm going to talk about Anna Sorokin, mm-hmm. but she went by Anna Delvey. I don't know if you've heard of Anna Delvey. I She's not. a fake heiress. Oh. Yeah. How do you become a fake heiress? You just tell people you're an heiress. Oh. And they believe you. Oh. <laughs> All right, I got my plan. <laughs> I think some startup money has to go into this because you have to, like, dress rich. Oh. <laughs> Okay, so I might have a little problem there, but 
All right. Mm-hmm. Got to spend money to make money, Don. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that somewhere before. Oh. So in, let's see, she, in 2013, she moved to New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, she came from Germany. Okay. And she was working for this uh, magazine called Purple. And it was like a fashion art magazine in New York. Okay, let me just say, to become a fake heiress, you have to be coming from Europe to the States because everybody will believe you. (laughs) If you've got an accent, they'll say, oh, yeah, I believe her. She's an heiress. Well, her accent was very, uh, I don't know. It seemed very fake. Okay. (laughs) Too. But, you know, it was like you couldn't pinpoint it. You couldn't be like, oh, German accent, Uh you know? So it's just kind of ambiguous. Yeah. So anyway. She came to New York, uh, 2013, was working for a magazine called Purple, mm-hmm. and somewhere along the way, she just decided that, you know, work was just work. Why would she want to do that? <laughs> so she started, like, she moved into a hotel and got, like, one of those rooms that cost, like, $500 a night or something like that. Or Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, and she would tip the staff, like, $100. Like, Ooh. if they brought up her bags or something, she'd give them $100. If they brought her her mail, she'd give them $100. But she always made sure people saw. Uh-huh. So it looked like she was spending all this money. Like, she had money. Yeah. You know? So they thought she was super rich. She would invite people out to dinner and, you know, spend a lot of money. So she had to have had some money some. to begin with. Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking of my bank account. And I'm like, I can't be just throwing $500 a night and $100 tips everywhere. Well, the $500 a night, she didn't pay up front for that. Oh, good point. Got it. So um, eventually she ran up thousands, tens of thousands of dollars at the hotel mm-hmm. and no money. Got it. And it would be like, oh, I don't know what happened. I'll have my bank transfer the money. And then no no transfers happened. <laughs> you know. So. And would she stay there? She, would she still be there? So would she go the, to another hotel? So one of the hotels um, told her she had until like the end of the week or something to pay. I think it was like $75,000 or something like that. <laughs> yeah. And um, she was because she would order room service and all uh-huh. that, you know. Um, and so they were like, OK, you have until the end of the week to pay mm-hmm. or else you're out. Mm-hmm. So she's like, OK, yeah, I'll have my bank transfer the money, blah, blah, blah. And. The money never came. So then she tried to uh, bribe the staff by okay. sending them like several cases of Don Perignon. Uh-huh. But it still wasn't $75,000 worth. <laughs> and they were like, oh, no. So when she went out, mm-hmm. they took all her stuff out, <gasps> changed the code, and she was locked out. Dang. <laughs> it was just like... You let her bill get really high before you were like, get out. <laughs> right. Very trusting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, they just believed her. Yeah. You know, because again. They're used to dealing with people like that that mm-hmm. do that kind of stuff and run up those bills, I guess. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And rich people are just so forgetful. Oh, I guess. That's yeah, really that's interesting. Just, yeah. That's what I hear. I wonder how they <laughs> get just, rich to begin with. Yeah. It's craziness. So, yeah, she ended up at other hotels, like. Eventually, <laughs> they would kick her out. Uh-huh. Um, and so she did, let's see, she went, she had this business idea that she wanted to get off the ground, mm-hmm. which would have involved millions of dollars. I think it was like $40 million or something like that. So she needed a bank loan and investors. Okay. So she tries to get a loan from the bank to purchase this beautiful historic building in in New York and she's planning on turning it into this like art entertainment venue. Okay. So they'd have fashion shows, art shows, music, all that. Mm-hmm. And she was going to call it the Anna Delvey Foundation. Okay. So she wanted to, you know, get a bank loan. Mm-hmm. And so she um, falsified some bank documents to make it look like she had Millions of dollars and uh-huh. so on. Um, the bank that she tried to hit up never actually gave her the loan. Okay. But one bank did give her a line of credit. Oh. <laughs> so. 
okay. Yeah. So to get investors into the idea, she was like, she needed to make herself seem very important and very rich. So she was on social media, Mm -hmm. had a bunch of Instagram followers, and she would take trips and go to places and spend money and so on. She went on a trip to Morocco with her friend, who was an editor of Vanity Fair. Okay. Not a rich woman. Okay. Just, you know, uh-huh. just an editor. And so Anna was like, you want to go to Morocco? And she was like, okay, mm-hmm. let's go to Morocco. So they go. They spend thousands and thousands of dollars. They rack up a $60,000 hotel fee. And the hotel's like... um. You, you need to pay. Mm-hmm. And so she was like, okay. So she, you know, gave him her credit card. And I was like, yeah, that didn't work. And gave him credit card. Yeah, that didn't work. Ooh. And so they're like, the Morocco hotel people are like, mm-hmm. you have to give us a credit card that we can put on file. Mm-hmm. And if one of these doesn't work, we're calling the police. And I mean, you don't want, first of all, you don't want to go to jail anywhere. Second of all, you don't want to go to jail in Morocco. (laughs) (laughs) Any foreign country would be horrifying. Yeah. And so um, she's like, well, these are, you know, these are all my credit cards. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So she finally turns to her friend and she's like, you know, will you put, give them your credit card? (gasps) And she's, you know, the friend's like, I don't want to go to jail. So she gives them the credit card. Mm hmm. Okay, perfect, works, here you go. They're like, we won't charge the card until you guys check out. If Anna has the money or straightens out her credit cards or whatever, Mm -hmm. we'll just switch it. Okay. So she's like, okay. That's not what happened. (laughs) Okay, first of all, if I go to Morocco and that happened to me... I'm sorry, but my credit limit on my credit card is not $60,000. Right. How did she have such a high credit limit? Well, she didn't. They told her they wouldn't charge the card. And so they just needed some something to put it on file. Because okay. for whatever reason, they didn't get Anna's credit card to begin with. To begin with. So she was like, okay. Mm-hmm. They still charged her card for however much they could, I guess. Yeah. But, oh my God. Yeah. Okay. And this was her friend. Like, they were friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, she couldn't. Were friends. Were. Yes. Uh, the second her friend named Rachel testified against her, I'm sure they stopped being friends. <laughs> <laughs> that would be a clue. <laughs> uh, at least for Anna. Mm-hmm. I think when Rachel realized that she wasn't getting her money, yeah, they, she was. she realized that Anna was not her friend. So... She racks up thousands of dollars for hotels, um, her credit cards, friends, all that. She scammed all kinds of people out of money. Um, <clears throat> there was one time that w- she went to a restaurant and had a big group of people, you know, had a little a little dinner party and um, gave the her credit card. So, you know, to charge the the meal and they can <laughs> they come back and they're like, yeah, this credit card didn't work. And so she gives them another one and they go back and they're like, yeah, this didn't work. She gets out a little notebook that's got like 15 different <laughs> credit card numbers. And she's like, here, just try one of them until it works. <laughs> and I'm like, did they actually do that? Like, just take it back there and was like <laughs> punching in numbers to see if one worked. <laughs> well. If that's what they were doing, they could so steal that, you know? <laughs> yeah. And okay. Well, also, where did she get all these credit card numbers from? <laughs> she wouldn't even know and wouldn't even care if somebody stole it because it's not going to come back to her anyway. Mm-hmm. Okay. So she, I think at the end of everything, she racked up about $200,000 worth of fees At, on that trip just in general like okay. all of it okay <laughs> all the things 
all the things she did. Um, so eventually they arrest her mm -hmm. because she owes several hotels money and several mm -hmm. restaurants money and stores and so on. Mm -hmm. So they arrest her and they charge her for grand larceny, second degree larceny, theft of services, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, she gets convicted in April 25th of 2019. Oh, very recently. Yep. She is sentenced to four to 12 years mm -hmm. in prison with a $24,000 fine and she has to pay $200,000 of restitution. Okay. So when they charged her, they charged her for several different crimes, or several different larcenies mm -hmm. and theft of services. And one of them was her friend Rachel, who said that she scammed her out of $60,000. Mm -hmm. uh, the jury came back to not guilty on that one. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So the jury pretty much felt that, you know, she gave her card willingly. And yeah. Yeah. And that if she couldn't afford to go on this trip, why did she go on this trip? Okay, so maybe half of that then. <laughs> Not the whole amount. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, so she Paying doesn't for so that trip for the rest of her life. For the rest of yeah. her life. Yeah. So she's not she's not getting any of that any of that money. And before you ask if oh. Anna's ever gonna be able to pay for that, she already has. What? Yeah. Oh, because she's got some sugar daddy probably who wants to take care of her. The sugar daddy's called Netflix. What? Netflix paid her $320,000 for the rights to her live story. And they are releasing a series. It's coming out. So now she can't just keep all that money. She has to pay the restitution. But she can't keep whatever's left over. So here is the deal I would have made with Netflix. You pay all the stuff I owe and then give me the 300 and whatever thousand and then we're good. <laughs> you can have my story. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so she is um, having a show come out. They gave Anna enough money to pay her restitution and still have about 80K left over. That's just ridiculous. There's so many things wrong with this. I would have paid my friend back. But they weren't friends. <laughs> Not anymore. Well, it's not anymore. <laughs> I Even mean, half of it. You're so nice, Brandon. <laughs> you, yeah, you wouldn't have been in this situation anyway. Uh. <laughs> okay. So while you're still mad about that, uh huh. Oh, there's more. There's more, but it it'll make you feel a little bit better. Okay. About being being mad. Let's see. Um. So. She gets released pretty, pretty quick. I think she got released in February of 2021. Okay. So she didn't even spend half of the four years. So it was less than two years. Mm -hmm. And she immediately gets out and starts doing interviews and so on. Making a little money on that. Mm -hmm. um, she is writing a book about her experience as a fake heiress. Of course she And is. she's also going to write a book about her experiences at Rikers. She was at Rikers for a bit. Okay. Um, and she does several interviews where she talks about how she is unrepentant for her crimes. Uh, she told a reporter, I'd be lying to you and to everyone else and to myself if I said I was sorry for anything. For anything. For anything. Wow. <gasps> uh, in October, she had to tell the parole board something else, which was um, that she was really ashamed and really sorry for what she did. Um, but then she immediately turns around after she gets paroled. Um, I think regret is just a useless feeling, she says. It would be a huge waste of my time. So if you're paroled, can't they revoke that? If you break any of the parole specifications not you were a big fat liar about being ashamed <laughs> if she didn't go to one of her parole meetings or if she faked a drug test or something like so that liar liar pants on fire is not does gonna not work. count <laughs> does not count shonda okay. rhymes that's who did it that's who's the netflix showrunner 
produced by Shonda Rhimes. Um, so she you know, goes around talking about how she's not sorry. Not sorry. I just am like, why do people continue to promote that? Because they think they're going to make money on it, too, mm-hmm. which is ridiculous. Okay, sorry. Okay. Nope. I'm sure I've got more rants coming, but go ahead. <laughs> so one of the things after she got convicted mm-hmm. was that she had to pay the restitution and all that, but she was going to get deported back to Germany. Good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So she had a immigration meeting on March 25th, and <laughs> they arrest her and put her in a detention center. <laughs> In Germany or here? Here. <laughs> so she's in a detention center waiting to get her, her hearing. Um, she's been in there since, ever since. So she is still... So what was she arrested for this time? For being an illegal immigrant. <laughs> oh, she was an illegal immigrant. <laughs> well, after a while, her visa expired. And so that's uh. why she was going to the immigration uh, interview and so on was to see if she could get her visa extended you know whatever but she in her conviction she was already going to be deported but her and her lawyers were fighting that trying to keep her in the united states so is that why she's still in a detention center instead of she's being in deported detention. yes okay. yes so all of that of i'm not sorry and so on uh-huh. uh the immigration judge was like so you're not sorry <laughs> Woohoo! You go, so judge. We don't. We don't really need to like give you a hearing right away. And uh, oh, your lawyer says that we should let you out while you wait for your hearing. I don't really see why. Uh. I think you can sit in in detention uh-huh. until we have a hearing for you. So she's been in there sitting in detention. <laughs> in detention. That's so funny. Yes, and probably. Not really thinking much about what to do. Because, I mean, all of this is because she talks smack on <laughs> in interviews. Yeah. Um, so, still hasn't been deported to Germany. She is still in there. Well, I mean, by her philosophy, she doesn't regret still. So, she's just she's just. Oh, chilling. I'm sure she's regretting it in detention centers. Nah, she's just living the high life, <laughs> chilling in detention. I mean, she thought being in Rikers was pretty great because she got celebrity status according to her Mm -hmm. but i don't think that applies in detention center she sounds she sounds pretty uh zen to not let regret get to her so (laughs) so let's see yeah she talks about that so the immigration judge ruled that she would remain in custody she sided with the ice attorney who claimed she wasn't rehabilitated which i mean uh-huh. You basically said that you were not. Yeah. <laughs> to several uh, magazines, newspapers, and television interviews. And see, she applied for asylum because of death threats and other issues she faced as a result of the media attention and fame that resulted <laughs> from her arrest. <laughs> Had nothing to do with the interviews and everything but, else she did. Uh, those reasons were later removed. Mm-mm. And her lawyer will not discuss what it is, that she, why she's seeking asylum, like what her reasons are mm-hmm. for seeking asylum. Um, let's see. Seeking asylum where? Here. She wants to stay in the U.S. Because right before she <laughs> went to her immigration interview, uh, she had spent several weeks in New York signing a lease for an apartment, apartment in <laughs> Manhattan, developing deals for a fashion line and media projects. <laughs> So she wants to stay in New York. Got it. And I'm sure Netflix will give her more money. Why not? Uh, see, an immigration attorney said that Sorkin could be released from jail while an immigration judge determines whether she deserves asylum. Mm-hmm. But it's unlikely. And see, to quote, there's a, there's a discretionary component to asylum applications, meaning that even if she is, even if she was eligible for it, the judge still has discretion to deny it on the basis that she doesn't have good moral character mm-hmm. or that she has a history of bad acts, which make her undesirable. And I'm like, 
I'm pretty sure she made that very clear too. Mm-hmm. Um, immigration authorities use snail mail, which <laughs> slows down the process. Um, this one's pretty good. See, her lawyer filed a writ of habeas corpus in August against the Department of Homeland Security. On September 27th, the U.S. District Judge Jesse Furman ordered the EOIR, which is the Executive Office for Immigration Review, mm-hmm. to hold a hearing for Sorkin, at which ICE bears the burden of establishing by clear and convincing evidence that she poses a danger to the community or a flight risk. And EOIR judge held that bond hearing on October 7th. The lawyer, Sorkin, Sorokin's lawyer, says the court never emailed her about the hearing, that she had only been notified about it by physical mail two days afterward <laughs> on October 9th. Oh. So, let's see. The judge ruled that Sorokin should continue to be detained. Um, and her lawyer says that the court has ignored her request to email her the ruling and is once again sending it to her by snail mail. But without a written copy, she can't appeal the ruling back to a federal judge. So she's sitting there enjoying the (laughs) very frustrating uh, immigration process. So in detention, do they get pretty uniforms? You know, I don't know. Or do they keep their own clothes? And how does she get her own clothes? And how does she do her laundry? I want <laughs> to know all this stuff. No, I don't I don't think she'd get her own clothes. I think they'd give her clothes. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes me feel better. So, I can't imagine. I mean, this is just... If she wanted to just go back to Germany, would they let her go? Probably. Because, I mean, she was already set to be deported. The only reason she's still here is because she's fighting her deportation. So, if she goes back to Germany, what would happen to her? Nothing. Because it it didn't happen over there. It happened here. Mm-hmm. And she's already been um, convicted and paid her fine, what, you know, mm-hmm. her due to society, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But she's, she's being stubborn enough to stay in a detention center instead of to be out in society. Mm-hmm. But and she would she would start taking advantage, obviously, of people again, no matter where she was, mm-hmm. which is really sad. Um, I mean, just move to a different country and say you're an American heiress, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, this is just so wrong. So she's still in a detention center and just waiting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so first of all, I could not do that. Talk about the guilt from Eric and what he couldn't deal with. I mean, going into a hotel that charges $500 a night, knowing I did not have the money to pay for that. I couldn't Mm -hmm. sleep in that room. (laughs) I would be so like freaked out about how I was going to pay for it. It would, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't even be able to enjoy it. Yeah. I, I don't understand people. I mean, I, I paid like $170 for one night in a hotel and I could barely sleep there. I was like, this is just too expensive. (laughs) It's a lot of money it is, yeah. for a bed. Mm-hmm. It's all you're getting. And if you want anything else, you have to pay for it. If you want the bottle of water in the refrigerator, mm-hmm. you have to pay for it. Yep. I should have slept in my car that night. <laughs> <laughs> I still regret I just losing, the doors. losing that 170. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And all the room service she ordered. and Yeah. Okay. So this doesn't make it better. And I, I don't even think that I should really say it this way, but you think of like a mom and pop hotel and how if she had done that to them, it really would have affected mm-hmm. their bottom line. Yep. But doing it to a larger hotel in New York City, it's probably not as big a deal to that organization. Mm-hmm. They're taking away somebody's way of life. Because if you can't, if you don't bring in the money, you can't pay your people. Mm-hmm. So if you are stealing from them by not paying them, it's a horrible thing. She should still be in jail. Well, I mean, she kind of is. <laughs> <laughs> and 
then she's being obstinate about not even wanting to go back to Germany. Germany, I can't believe, is that bad. I don't think Germany's that bad. There are just people that, you know, they they don't get raised. They don't get raised to, to teach taught this one small thing that other people were taught, and then they grow up with that small thing missing from their nor- normal day to day adult thoughts. So. Interesting. Okay, so we need to do a podcast on our parents. <laughs> yeah, actually. That would be very fascinating. Uh, I'd love to have uh, Shelly and Justin in here, and then we can all sit down and um, do like part one, uh, the library's parents. And then we all, we all go through and we talk about our parents and our siblings hmm. and uh, hmm. where, where we all came from, I guess. And why we are the way we are. Yeah. It's not our fault. <laughs> Mom, Dad, it's your fault. I am the way I am. We probably have enough content to, to make an episode per person. Uh, we could. I i don't know if I want to talk about my parents that long. Or mine does, oh, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that was fascinating. And it just happened. I mean, mm-hmm. 2019. I can't believe somebody could have done that. How could you falsify bank records in this day and age? Uh, Photoshop. But in this day and age? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they find ways to make sure that you don't do that. Whether it's, you know, it has to come from the financial institution or Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just fascinating that she was able to do that. I, you know, going in wearing the right clothes. Which were probably worth <laughs> hundreds of thousands of dollars. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just acting rich. Yeah. And they believed her. And here she are. Here she is with bank documents and so on from Germany. Oh, yeah. You know, okay. so. I don't know how, uh, how, how she lived in Germany right before she decided to start living it up in America. So yeah. she was living... In Germany, and she was working for Purple, and they had a Germany, like a German-based magazine there. Okay. And so she was working, like she was just a normal person, just, you know, working her nine to five. Mm -hmm. And she had a breakup, and so she came to New York basically just as a vacation. And so she came to New York um, and was here for a little bit, got a work visa, and started working for Purple in New York. And then somewhere along the way, she was just like, I'm a no longer Anna Sorokin. I'm Anna Delvey. So uh, I've got to say, <laughs> I'd really like to talk to her boyfriend. Touch <laughs> <laughs> that bullet, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Aren't you so grateful? <laughs> when they asked her why she chose the name Delvey, um, she told... One reporter that it was her mother's maiden name, but then when she did an interview with 2020, she said she just made it up. Oh, I was like, so basically, you can't trust anything that comes out of her mouth. Nope. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we had a nervous college student who is remorseful. I think. Yeah, he does. He does seem to feel something about what he did. Yeah. And then we have uh, a a liar. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 20-something Anna. Who got in trouble for lying a lot. A lot. And stealing a bunch of money. Because really that's what she was doing. Yeah. I mean, theft of services and larceny and so on. I mean, Mm -hmm. at the end of the day, she stole a bunch of money. Because that's the thing. I mean, so... She lives in this hotel. She's giving out money left and right. Okay, she's not paying for the hotel, which is fine. But then she has enough money to buy a plane ticket to go somewhere mm-hmm. and and still buy all this stuff. Well, all of this was on her credit cards. Oh, that's true. And so, and we're still like, where did she get this little booklet of 15 credit card numbers? Uh, so she's doing all of this on credit cards, which it. was probably a part of the $200,000 restitution and she probably got a cash advance from one of those credit cards Mm -hmm. to have cash at all yep well let me tell you um 
Capital One just decided to send me an additional $500 to my credit. <laughs> so I'm at $1,500 max credit. Uh-huh. Like, that's nice. It's, it's a good feeling to not be at 90% so quickly. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know how, how she did it. Yeah, because you you feel anxious when it gets up there, right? Yeah. I, I mean, she doesn't. I mean, she's just calm, cool. She's, yeah, like especially said, she's if she's already like, I'm not paying this. <laughs> so. <laughs> All right. And Anna Delphi is in her real name. And, you know, everything's a lie. Yeah. Is she even from Germany? Yes. She was born in Moscow. And then she's actually a German citizen. So She came from Russia. Mm-hmm. That's why. <laughs> Maybe she's a spy. Oh my goodness! I'm trying to get all of our fashion tips. <laughs> How do they do that? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I'm very curious to see this Netflix show. They've already paid. They've already run her for money. I I'm gonna watch it. Yeah. Here. And anyway, she had to pay, like, most of that went to the people that she scammed, except for her friend Rachel, which is really sad. I really feel bad for Rachel. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine being in a foreign country with the idea of, I'm going to go to jail, and I just give them my credit card, I won't go to jail. (laughs) And what, what did Anna say to her to make her think that she was going to pay for all of the hotel? So she was going to pay for all of the hotel, all that, whatever. They get there. Mm-hmm. Her her stuff's not working. Right. So it's, I forgot to tell my bank I was going to leave the country. Uh, so they put a little stop on my, which they do if you're traveling. Sure. And you don't tell them. Yep. They will, they will be like, fraud. <laughs> you know. Uh, and so she was like, so, you know, I'll just call them and get that all worked out. So. Hmm. So. Her friend, Rachel, thought when she went that it was going to be paid by her. Mm -hmm. Not that she was going on this trip to pay for it on her own. Right. So that's where I'm like, jury, Mm -hmm. that wasn't right. Yeah. Yes. Because she was deceived. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, not getting that money back is... uh is like teaching her a lesson that she didn't need to learn. Yeah, I mean, even if they would have said, "Okay, we'll restitution thirty thousand dollars, at mm-hmm. least half of it," because if you've got somebody with you that wants to spend that money, and you say, "No, I can't afford it," and they say, "Well, come on, I'll pay for it." Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, and you think this this woman has got millions upon millions of dollars? Mm-hmm. You know she. She claims she never told anybody she was an heiress that they just assumed. Mm. But I'm also like, eh, yeah, probably not true. I want more details. Mm-hmm. All right, I might have to watch that show too. <laughs> <laughs> Netflix, I'm not happy with you. <laughs> but I'll watch your stupid show. When at the end of the day, 80K, you know, I mean, that's a lot of money. To me, and I would be super happy if I had 80K. <laughs> but to Anna, she probably went through that in the time it took her <laughs> to get out of jail and go to the detention center. Right. You know, exactly. She put the lease on a Manhattan apartment and so on. Like, she probably went through that money super fast. You know that that's not cheap. Mm. I mean, apartments here are over $1,000. Mm hmm. In New York, and the kind uh-huh. of apartment that she would want. Yep, that was probably that was probably the whole eighty k. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For six months. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think we have talked about some fascinating con artists and the things that people do, stealing books. Mm-hmm. I do want to say that I do not think we have a single book here that would be <laughs> worth like. <laughs> 
<laughs> even close to, to that. Yeah. Don't uh, bother coming to try to steal from us because <laughs> we do not have a special collection and a rare book room. Do we have uh, a Bible in our collection? I do not know. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have not gone and looked it up. I was about to say, someone could steal that. That's a that's a rare book that a lot of the a lot of the population of Earth likes. You could probably also get them from free. <laughs> 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 okay, if you're gonna steal a Bible, <laughs> oh, you still don't want to steal ours. We probably got ours for free somewhere. <laughs> so. Yeah, you've got some issues, <laughs> but you need it, so you just go ahead. Yeah, and take the Bible. <laughs> you, you seem God like will you forgive it. you <laughs> as long as you read it. Oh. All right. Yes. Anything else? No. I knew it was going to make you really mad, so then I was like, I can't wait to tell you about the detention center. <laughs> At least, finally, <laughs> she's getting some. She's uh, being held there mm-hmm. until her hearing, which I love that her lawyers like email me and they're like, no, <laughs> we're going to send this through the post office. <laughs> You're going to get it two days after your hearing. <laughs> Not even FedEx, <laughs> anything. USPS. Nope. Certified, <laughs> no. <laughs> That's fabulous. Okay. All right. We've been listening to Do We Like Murder? We didn't actually talk about murder, but that's okay. It was still good. It was good. (laughs) (laughs) We will see y'all next time. Bye.